good morning, everyone. Good morning. If you'll please stand with us and sing along. Your grace is 
Amen. That is our prayer this morning, that Christ be magnified. Well, good morning. Welcome to Northside. What a beautiful day. Amen. Amen. Great day to be in the house of the Lord. Would you take a moment, welcome those around you, please. Well, good morning. Welcome to Northside Baptist Church. We're so thankful that you're here with us today. If this is your first time with us, we would appreciate if you would let us know that. There's a couple ways that you can do that. One is by filling out um, uh, an online form. There's a QR code in the bulletin, and you can scan that with your phone, fill that out online, or there's a connection card out there um, in the foyer. You can pick that up and uh, fill that out and leave it with the ladies who are out there um, we would greatly appreciate that. I want to draw your attention to several uh, announcements in the bulletin. One is we have VBS coming up here quickly. So if you have, yeah, go, there you go, clap. You'll be exhausted that week, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so we need you to register, really easy to register. You just scan that QR code. If you don't know how to do that, uh, you can see Rachel over here or Ryan or anybody else, and they can probably help you. Uh, do that. We would appreciate if you'd register as soon as possible just so we can plan um, accordingly. Um, and there's information there. There are some tags out on the NBC Connect board. Um, is it all juice boxes? Is that what it is? So if you'll pick that up um, on your way out and then bring those back before Bible school, uh, we would appreciate that. Um, some other announcements. We're having a board game night tonight. We're going to start at 6 o'clock. This is very informal. We didn't do this last year, but we're different, doing different family night events on Sunday night. So we're just going to meet in the Fellowship Hall and bring an appetizer, a finger food to share. When you get here, bring some board games. There'll be tables. Just start playing a little bit after 6 o'clock when we think all the food has arrived. We'll bless the food and we'll eat. Just going to be a great time of fellowship. Maybe an hour and a half, maybe, maybe up to 8 o'clock. And then some of us who are going to camp have to go home and get a good night's rest because we won't get another one until next weekend. So, um, but it'll be a lot of fun. So come hang out, bring your board game. Kids can come, play games with them as well. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, and that leads us into one other thing that I want to mention. 
I'm getting a lot of feedback. You guys getting feedback or is it just right here with me? All right, we're working on it. Um, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but, but our kids are going to camp. And so our praying the scripture, which I'm going to put up on the screen, and we're going to do something a little bit different um, right now that may make some people uncomfortable, but that's okay. Um, Psalm 98 verse 1 says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Here's what I want to do. I believe our God has done marvelous things, and I believe our God is going to do marvelous things this week at camp. So what I want to do is I want to take a moment and to pray over those who are going to camp. So I didn't, I didn't tell anybody I was doing this. So if you are going to Centricid or Snowbird, I want you to stand up. Chaperones, you can stand too. Students, adults, if you're going to Snowbird or Centricid, stand up. Stay there for a minute. All right, now here's what I want other adults to do. If you see some kids or adults in your area and you're comfortable, I just want you to walk up to them, put your hand on them, and we're going to pray over them. So I know we got some in the choir, so choir members, if you'll just do that for those up there. Make sure everybody has somebody praying over them. And our prayer is just going to be to thank God in advance for the marvelous things he's going to do. So we got, I know we got some students over there. There we go. Make your, you'll make your way. I'll give you another five seconds or so to do that. And then let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we, the psalmist says, are to praise you, to sing a song, God, for the marvelous things that you have done. So God, thank you. Thank you for what you have already done in the life of Northside. Thank you, God, for what you have done in the lives of those who make up Northside. Father, we specifically come to you right now, lifting up in prayer our five young folks and two chaperones going to Centra Kid, and then our 20 students and six chaperones who are going to Snowbird. Father, we pray for safe travels tomorrow as we both leave out of here at 11. One group going to Tennessee, the other going to North Carolina. Father, give us safe travels. Protect those vehicles. Protect these children and these students. And then bring them back home safely. Father, not only that you would protect us physically on the way, but that you would protect us physically while we're there. Give us good health. Father, give us strength. Give us alert minds so that we can think and make wise decisions. But also, God, give us a heart that is focused upon you. God, this is an opportunity for these 30-something adults and students to get away for the week, to, to, to get away from the distractions, to be in your presence, to be able to sing, to be able to listen to the preaching of God's Word. And Father, I know from personal experience that in those weeks, God, you can drastically change the course of our life because you did it with me. You called me into ministry through a week at Ridgecrest, North Carolina in camp. God, I pray that if there's anybody who is not saved, that you will just draw them to yourself this week. Anyone, God, that it's your will that they would be called into ministry, that you would lead them in that direction. Raise up missionaries. Raise up men and women. Lord, an army for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do that this week, we pray. For your glory and your honor. As in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you'll return to your seats, but please stand. We're going to continue to worship together.
light takes the darkness away, and all we are standing amazed. You are the one, your word calls the oceans to rise, your glory is filling the skies, you speak and the dead come to life. Thank you, choir. Great job, Anna Marie. These 
hope. Jesus is our hope. All right, at this time, our children are going to make their way out to Children's Church. Everyone else, if you'll take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. This is the last time we'll be in Ephesians until probably the middle to end of August. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and then when we come back, we're going to resume with verse 22, and then we'll finish out um, the book sometime maybe in the fall. I said maybe, so we shall see. All right, if you have a copy of God's Word, would you please stand? We're going to be looking at verses 19 through 21, but let me read verse 18, because 19 piggybacks off of 18. This is the word of the Lord. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. You may be seated. On Wednesday night, I asked the adults who were in prayer meeting, what is something that you are passionate about? And I asked them not to give the, the Jesus answer, because hopefully we're all passionate about Jesus, but I wanted to know some other things that they were passionate about that maybe we didn't know about them. And not a surprise to anyone in the room or anyone here probably that one of my passions is Kentucky sports. I've always loved Kentucky sports. I can remember um, early 90s, I was in my uh, grandma and grandpa's uh, living room, we were watching Kentucky play. They were playing in the Maui Classic out in Hawaii, and they won on a last-second tip-in by a guy named Jeff Brasso. And I remember, like it was yesterday, when, when it went in, I jumped as high as I could, and they had beams running in their, on the ceiling, and my hand hit the beam. That's why I remember it, because it hurt. Um, but I was filled with joy. I remember 1996, uh, first time in my lifetime that I got to see Kentucky win a national championship. I was watching with a bunch of friends, um, and we went outside and just began to run and scream and act like a bunch of hooligans, right? Because why? Because we were filled with joy. Something that we were passionate about happened, and internally, we were excited. And when you're excited internally, you can't help but just express it externally. Joy just comes out, and, and you just get excited Two weeks ago, we studied Paul's command to not be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Spirit. We talked about how we know when we give our life to Christ, we're indwelt with the Spirit. But Paul goes on to tell us in verse 18 that we are to be filled with the Spirit. So inwardly, we are filled with the Spirit. The question then becomes, what happens outwardly? If inwardly, we're filled with the Spirit, how is that expressed or what is the outflow what comes out if inwardly we're filled with the spirit or another way to ask it what is the evidence that we are filled with the spirit well in acts 13 52 we read these words and the disciples were filled with joy and with the holy spirit they were filled with joy and with the holy spirit so as those who have been filled with the holy spirit we also are filled with joy and in our verses this morning we're going to see Paul gives the command, be filled with the Spirit, and then he gives five participle phrases 
as to what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. Three of them deal with singing, songs, and then there's two others. And so I'm going to combine them into four points this morning. What does it look like if we, the people of God, are filled with the Spirit? Now there's a lot more the New Testament says, different ways it's expressed. But in our text, there's four. Number one, those of us, believers in Christ, filled with the Spirit. Number one, we speak to one another in a way that encourages and edifies. We speak to one another in a way that encourages and edifies. Look what he says, verse 19. Addressing or speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. John MacArthur writes, The first consequence of the Spirit-filled life that Paul mentioned was not mountain-moving faith, an ecstatic spiritual experience, a dynamic speaking ability, or any other such thing. It was simply a heart that sings. So this will be on the screen. When we gather to worship, we must recognize there is a horizontal and a vertical element when we, the people of God, gather to sing praises to God. The horizontal dimension, which is where Paul starts, is that we sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. In other words, when we gather together, we are to instruct, to speak to one another, to encourage one another. You can call this mutual edification. So when you gather this morning, you, through your worship, through your presence here, encourage those in the room, and those who are here encourage you. It's mutual edification. In the parallel passage in Colossians chapter 3, Paul says this, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So we gather and we encourage one another as we sing psalms, sing hymns, spiritual psalms. Now, are those three things similar very different. Why does Paul mention them? Well, Martin Lloyd-Jones, in his sermon, I thought this was helpful, describes it this way. A psalm was a sacred poem. So you think of the 150 psalms in the Old Testament. Those were sacred poems that they put to music, and they began to sing them to God. A hymn was a song of praise to God. It was a divine song, a song of praise to God. And then a spiritual song was a lyric inspired by the Spirit. Now, there's a lot of songs that are secular, a lot of good secular songs that we all enjoy singing. But a spiritual song is a song inspired of the Spirit of God that we offer up to God. So when we gather together, we worship together, we exalt God together, and in doing so, we instruct and edify and exhort one another. So listen, this will be on the screen if you're taking notes. In our singing, we remind each other of who God is and what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. This is what we do when we gather each and every week. So this morning, let's just think about the two hymns that we sang. Have faith in God. He's on the throne. So maybe this morning you, you came 
And you're, if you're honest, in the back of your mind, you're going through some difficult things, and you're beginning to think, man, is God really in control? Is He really on His throne? Well, this morning, together, we edified, we strengthened, we reminded each other, yes, He's on the throne, we can have faith in God. And then we sang, right, the solid rock, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Maybe this morning you came and you had a rotten week. I mean, dads, moms, husband, wife, at work, you just blew it. I mean, you just, you lost your, your cool, you, you hurt your Christian witness, and you've been putting so much stock in, in your goodness and in your works and what you're able to do when you come in this morning defeated. And we reminded each other, listen, your hope isn't built on your righteousness, amen? amen. It's built on Jesus' righteousness, and so we sing, we edify, we encourage one another. So two points of application with this first point. Number one, gathering with the body of Christ, the people of God, the church, is essential. It's essential, and it is evidence that you are filled with the Spirit of God. If in our gathering, one of the things that we are to do is to address and speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, what that means, brothers and sisters, and those of you watching online, you can't do that from your couch. You cannot edify the body of Christ, nor be edified from the couch. Now, are there times when you're sick or for health reasons or even you're traveling that you are not here? Yes, absolutely. But when you are able physically, you ought to desire to be here as often and as regularly as you can because it's through gathering that you are edified, that I am edified, that we praise and exalt God together. This is the evidence that we belong to Jesus and are filled with the Spirit. You want to be here. Second point of application is this. We need to emphasize the substance of a song over the style of a song. I grew up in the 80s and the 90s. My home church, Central Baptist Church, Winchester, Kentucky. Growing up in the 90s, and that's when I was in student ministry, and around that time and a little bit before that, right, these new modern songs begin to come out. And there begin to be worship wars in churches over the style of music. No, we will sing hymns and only hymns, and we will never sing that devil music. And churches split, and there were arguments over the style of worship here in my heart. And this is not a problem at Northside, or at least I don't think it is, and I praise God for that. But we have spent way too much time. We've had way too many arguments. There have been way too many church splits over the style of worship and not enough emphasis upon what we actually sing when we worship. We ought to be more concerned about the substance of worship. Now listen, what we do here in Northside, I love it. Not a lot of churches do it. And it doesn't work for a lot of churches if they try. When we do our praise songs and our hymns, it's very different. A lot of churches, right, they do their hymns and the praise team tries to do it. But here, or we go from the praise music to the hymns where it's just Curtis and Ann. And I love it. I love both. I love singing the hymns, Have Faith in God, Victory in Jesus, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Why? Because in those hymns, we learn about the legacy of those who came before us. Many of those songs written out of seasons of grief and pain, It is well with my soul. We learn those hymns, and they are sound doctrinally. Hear me, not all of them. 
That's why we don't sing a lot of the hymns in the hymn book. We only know a small portion of them. But most of them are sound doctrinally. But we also have the praise music, right? The, the newer stuff that I believe God is inspiring these men and women who are gifted, and we sing them. And in singing them, we edify one another. Let's just be honest. Some of you in this room, you prefer the hymns. And when we sing the hymns, you are edified. Praise God. But some of you in this room prefer the contemporary music, if you want to call it that. And when you sing those, you are edified. Praise God. I don't love we have multiple services and they said we're doing completely different music. No, we must learn to sing this music that pleases God. And in doing it, brothers and sisters, we are edified. Were you edified this morning in your worship? I pray that you were. Number two, kind of piggybacking off of this, we sing and make music to the Lord. So he says, verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So there's a horizontal dimension. We address and encourage one another. But then he says we sing to who? To the Lord. That's the vertical dimension. Paul says the person who is filled with the Spirit of God will sing and make melody to the Lord. Just listen to some verses in the Psalms. Psalm 33, 1. And these references will be on the screen if you want to write them down. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Psalm 95, 1. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise. Anybody thankful that says joyful noise? Hallelujah. Listen, you don't have to be able to sing to worship. Now, if you can't sing, do you want to sing at the top of your lungs? Maybe not. But, man, you sing. Whether you can carry a tune in a bucket or not, you sing. Make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 98.1, oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Psalm 147.1, praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. Psalm 149.1, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the godly. Paul says, if you are filled with the Spirit, you will sing and make melody to the Lord with your heart. Now to sing requires you to use your voice. It requires you, right, to move your lips. Maybe a ventriloquist or some of you in here, but more often than not, you're moving your lips, you're using your voice if you're going to sing praises to God. But hear me, that's not enough. Not enough. Because Paul says we sing, make melody to the Lord with your what? With your heart. We must sing from the heart. The heart, the idea here, is the whole of one's being. So some of you who are literal know your heart doesn't actually sing. It's your whole being. You're singing with your whole being. We aren't just offering lip service to God. Rather, our whole being sings to the Lord. Our mind is engaged. Our emotions are engaged. Our hearts are engaged as we worship our God. Two points of application. Number one, prepare your heart week in and week out to gather and worship. Remember several weeks ago, I made the application that when we come into this place, we need to be ready to hear from God. 
And if we're exhausted, if we made some unwise decisions leading up to Sunday morning, didn't get enough sleep, or maybe we're stressed, right? We're, we're distracted. We can't hear from God. I would also make the case that when you come into this place, you need to be in a position where you are ready to worship God. This morning when you came in, were you ready to worship? Were you excited about singing? The hymns or the praise songs, hearing the choir declare to us, were you looking forward to that? Did you come ready to sing? And I pray that you did. I pray you come week in and week out ready to worship. Now, let me just take a moment um, and speak to those of you who are going to camp. Adults and students, so listen up really, really closely. You all have the next five days away. Most of you away from your family. Some of you aren't getting away from a parent because they're going with you, but you're away from family, away from a lot of the distractions. And for five days, multiple times a day, you are going to have the opportunity to hear the preaching of God's Word. You're going to have the opportunity to sing praises to God. Hear me, don't waste those opportunities. Don't waste them. Every time you walk into that auditorium to worship, be prepared. Be ready. Don't let anyone, anything distract you from singing praises to God. Now, I know some of you, you just love to sing. Some of you, not so much. Learn to sing. Start singing praises to God. Why? Because here's the second point of application. You are going to be singing for all eternity. So start now. Read Revelation. Right, it talks about them singing songs of praise. Right, They're singing a new song. If you don't like to sing, you are going to sing for all eternity. We're going to praise Him forever and ever. John Phillips says, One reason the church today is so weak is that it has forgotten how to sing. Fathers, model that for your children. Sometimes men, we're macho. We don't sing. No, no, no. You model for your sons that it is good and right to praise the Lord with your voice. Even if you can't sing, you sing anyways. Praise the Lord. On Wednesday night, we were talking about Psalm 145, and I made the statement, great thoughts of God fuels great worship of God. If you have great thoughts of God, you will worship God. Tony Merritt in his commentary writes, I love this, we are a singing people because God is too great to merely be talked about. Sometimes we just got to sing because he's too great just to be talked about. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. So let me ask you this question before we move to point three. How would you describe your praise? How would you describe your singing? How would you describe your worship? Is it joyful vibrant heartfelt or is it lifeless and apathetic man my heart got a little sad just a little bit ago i was looking and i saw a video from my home church in winchester kentucky and i didn't notice how many hours ago it was posted but it was a picture somebody had posted you better show up early the church this morning, the parking lot is full. And it was a large church. When I was there, we'd have eight, 900 people. And they began to scan the parking lot, and every spot in the parking lot was full. And I thought, man, that is awesome. And then I began to read the comments. It wasn't posted this morning. 
It was posted yesterday afternoon. Because that church is downtown Winchester, and they have the annual beer cheese festival. And that's why the parking lot was full. My heart was broken. Because the reality is, lost people don't really care much for Jesus. We understand why they're lost. The God of this world has blinded their eyes. They can't see. But I do wonder, when lost people come, do they really want what we have? Like if they come into a church that's cold and lifeless and on Christ the solid rock I stand. Like who really wants that? Like if we really believe that Jesus is who he said he is, then when people walk in here it ought to be obvious that my hope's not in me, it's in Jesus. And yes, we're not, we're not all demonstrative. I get that. Some of you, man, you're singing as loud as you can and your hands are by your side. I get that. But there ought to be joy in your heart when you sing because of who Christ is. And Paul's telling us if we're filled with the Spirit, we will sing. So sing. Sing on your way home. Crank that music up and sing. Who cares if they think we all look like dorks? Let's just sing to Jesus. Sing this week at home. Sing, sing, sing. Number three. We have a grateful spirit instead of a grumbling spirit. Verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father and the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's break this down. Giving thanks always, regularly, constantly, individually, corporately. Like, it doesn't do you a lot of good if you come in here on Sunday morning and you say, man, God, you're awesome if all week long you complained and grumbled and ignored God. So do it individually, and then when you walk in here faithfully, weekly, you offer up praise to God. Give thanks always, right? Being filled with the Spirit results in gratitude and thanksgiving, not grumbling. And then he says, give thanks always for everything. Now that's hard. The good and the bad, from the mountaintops and in the valleys, we are to give thanks to God for everything. Now hear me. We praise God for being God. We do not thank God for the evil in the world. So when it says for everything, we aren't saying, God, thank you for all these murders. Thank you for all these evil, wicked things. No, we're not doing that. What we are doing, though, is we are recognizing that our God can take all things, even the bad things, and work them together for good. And we praise Him for that. So we praise Him always, for everything, to God the Father, and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We lift up our praise to God the Father, and we recognize that it is only through Jesus Christ that we can do that. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 makes this abundantly clear. Verse 1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, made right with God by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we have peace with God? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith we have access to the father by faith through jesus and it says this into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of god it is only through jesus christ that you and i have access to god the father so this morning do you know jesus have you come to jesus have you confessed jesus have you put your faith and your hope in jesus have you said jesus apart from you i'm lost condemned i'm going to hell it's only through you that i can be saved it's only through Christ. One point of application. Can we still sing when times are hard? We are to give thanks always and for everything. You go back to Exodus 15. The people of God 
have been delivered from Egypt by the hand of God. They come to the Red Sea. Before them is the Red Sea. Behind them are the bad guys, the Egyptian army coming to kill them. God delivers them, parts the Red Sea, brings them through safely. The Egyptian army drowns. And we read Exodus 15:1. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Listen, some of you, you're on the mountaintop right now. Sing. Praise God for his deliverance. Praise God for his salvation. Praise God for the victory. But some of you, you're not in the mountaintop. You're in the valley. And can you still sing when things don't make any earthly sense? Like Paul and Silas in Acts 16.25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Where are they singing from? Not their living room. Not their house church. From prison. Why are they in prison? They must have been some bad dudes who did some wrong things. No, they were simply telling people about Jesus. They were being obedient to the Great Commission, and as a result, they're thrown in jail. Do they grumble? Do they complain? I'm sure there were bouts of that. They had to fight against their human. But in the midst of that, they praise the Lord. I woke up Friday morning around 3 a.m. I don't often do that. And I couldn't go back to sleep. I don't often do that. I sleep pretty well. But I couldn't. So I got up. I went to the guest room. I began to review my sermon notes and review Ephesians 5. And as I was doing that, the Spirit of God just prompted me to listen to some music. So I, I pulled up a, a playlist for some of the songs that they're going to be doing at SWO, at student camp. And I began to listen to some of them. One of the songs I was listening to was Firm Foundation. I've still got joy and chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. Because I build my life on Jesus, he's never let me down. He's faithful through every season, so why would he fail now? He won't. He won't. That's a promise to you. If you're in the valley, hear me. God is faithful. He will not fail you, so sing and praise him in the valley. The second song I listen to is Faithful Now. Because you make mountains move, you make giants fall, you use songs of praise to shake prison walls. And I will speak to my fear, I will preach to my doubt that you were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. When you're on the mountaintops, is God faithful? Shake your head this way. When you're in the valley, is God still faithful? Shake your head this way. He's faithful, so praise him. Listen, I'm not, I'm not telling you anything you don't know when I say that life is hard. Life takes a toll on you. It's not easy. I do not, and I don't think you want, to become cranky, bitter, and ungrateful. And yet that's exactly who I will become if I am not letting the word of Christ dwell in me richly and I am not filled with the Spirit of God. Life is hard. We see hard things. Some of you have seen things that I cannot even begin to imagine that I've never walked through personally. And when I have to walk through them, will you please just lovingly come alongside of me and say, hey, remember how faithful God was your first 42 years? He won't fail you now. He's faithful. Life is hard. Two people, we'll call them siblings, a couple years apart, grow up in the same household. They have same 
parents, same childhood, basically the same experiences. One of them grows up and is marked by joy and gratitude. The other is bitter and often mean-spirited. What made the difference? Jesus. Jesus makes the difference. It's why two people in the same house, in the same circumstances, can live entirely different lives. It's because one gave their life to Jesus, and though not perfect, seeks to walk with him, and the other doesn't really. Jesus makes all the difference. So give your life to Jesus, give thanks for all that God has done and is doing, and worship him. And lastly, and this point will be quick and we'll close, we submit to one another. Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This verse serves as a transition. When you begin to get into verse 22 and going forward, you will see this word submit occur quite a bit. So it's a transition. The Spirit of God changes us. He enables us to do what is not natural. It is not natural to love others. It is not natural to submit to others. It is not natural to serve others. The fleshly, worldly side of us is by nature selfish. We want... I want you to serve me. I want people to submit to me. I want others to bless me, to help me, to encourage me. A little pat on the back. Right? That's the selfish, worldly side of us. But as we are filled with the Spirit, things begin to change. We begin to serve others. We begin to bless others. We begin to help others. We begin to encourage others. We begin to submit to others. Why? Paul tells us why. Out of reverence for Christ. This will be on the screen. We submit to others because Christ is the ultimate authority over our lives. And we want to follow his example. Christ is our authority, so we submit to him out of reverence for him. And what did Jesus say and do? He said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. Therefore, we as the people of God seek to serve others. We seek to serve. One point of application. As you study Ephesians 4 and 5, it becomes very clear, I would argue crystal clear, that followers of Christ live very different lives from those who don't know and don't believe in Jesus. That's why when an unbeliever walks into the presence of believers, they ought to see a major difference. Because Ephesians 4 and 5 is clear, we live differently. And when we resume our study in Ephesians 5, in August, right, we're going to see how Christ changes our relationships. We'll spend a couple weeks on looking at the relationship between husband and wife. How husbands, you are to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Christ submitting to the will of the Father, coming, giving his life up for us. Now we, as Christ loved the church, we love our wives by sacrificing to them. Ladies, you are to submit to your husbands, right? As the church submits to Christ. So we're going to see that our marriage relationships are changed through the Spirit of God. We're going to see that our parenting is changed through the Spirit of God. We're going to see that relationships between bond servants and masters, right, employees and employers, how all of that changes through the Holy Spirit. So let me close with this. Jesus Christ changes everything. Amen? Jesus Christ changes everything. Amen? Everything. And His followers who are filled with His Spirit We'll give evidence to that transformation. How? We will encourage one another by singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We will sing and make melody to the Lord with our heart. We will give thanks in 
everything to our good and benevolent and gracious Father through Jesus Christ, and we will submit to one another. Do you know Jesus? And is that evident through the outflowing of being filled with the Spirit of God inwardly? If you know Jesus, brothers and sisters, let us be a people who live in joy. If you don't know Jesus, today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to come, to give your life to Jesus, to receive the Spirit of God, to be born again, to be changed, to have eternal life that comes only through Jesus Christ. Would you close your eyes and bow your head? Father, as we come to this last song, this last opportunity that we have this morning to sing praises to you, to use our voices, to lift up your praise. Oh God, may we sing. May we respond accordingly to the word that was preached. Father, for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are discouraged, who feel they've been beaten up lately, going through a rough patch in their life, or maybe in their marriage, with their parenting, they're just struggling with an addiction. Oh God, I pray that through the preaching of your word, through the singing, God, of these songs and hymns, Lord, that they have been edified and encouraged. And Lord, that they will seek somebody out, a fellow brother or sister in Christ, to say, hey, will you pray for me right now this morning? Will you just speak truth into my life? I want to hear. I'm willing to receive it. Father, may we seek that out. Lord, if there's anyone here who does not know you as Lord and Savior of their life, oh God, I pray, Spirit of God, move in them. That right now they would confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart, God, that you raised him from the dead that they will be saved. That right now they would receive Christ, and in receiving Christ, they will receive the righteousness of Christ, sins forgiven, be given eternal life. And a joy will be implanted within them that the world simply cannot understand and can never take away. Oh God, make us who you desire us to be. Let me ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand? Let's worship together. The altar is open. I'm here at the front. You respond as the Lord leads. Come thou fount of every
And amen. You may be seated for a moment. Come right up here with me, man. So this is Major. Major's been uh, coming to church here for a while. You came to VBS last year. It's when I got to meet you and, and know you. And um, Major's grandparents bring him to church. His mom has to work the weekends. And so they've been bringing him. And so he came up to share with me that a couple months ago, when he was in Alabama, he gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he wants to, there you go. Praise the Lord for that. And so he came forward sharing that with me and said, hey, I want to follow him in baptism. And so I told him that he and I are going to have a conversation. He's going to camp tomorrow. So when he gets back and I get back, we're going to sit down and just have a conversation. But we just wanted you to know of the work the Lord's doing in his life and his desire to be obedient. Would you all just let him know how proud you are of him? High five, man. High five. All right, kiddo, you can go have a seat, man. Good job. That's not easy to walk up here. And especially when you're a young and like him, and, and so he, he did that. He was obedient. So I wonder, now was the Lord laying something upon your heart? And maybe you were just a little nervous or timid to come forward and, and to make it known. But you still have an opportunity to respond. Just because we close that time of commitment invitation doesn't mean you cannot still give your life to Jesus or seek somebody out to say, hey, will you pray with me? Will you encourage me? Um, do that this morning before you leave. If you need somebody to pray with you, we just want you to know that we love you um, and that we care deeply for you. Um, all right, so we got game night tonight. We have no activities on Wednesday night, so no choir, no team kid, no youth. Um, just be in prayer for us this week. We're leaving at the same time tomorrow, and then our, our center kid folks come back Friday. So if you're wanting to know, hey, when to pray, Friday morning, and then Snowbird students come back Saturday morning. So that's the, the main time is praying for travel um, just keep them lifted up. Uh, I believe some of you, um, as Cynthia had made bracelets with kids' names and, and adults that are going to camp. Hopefully, um, if you saw her, you grab one of those. Um, I don't know if they're all gone or not. She still has a couple left. But if you got a bracelet, I think it's designed for you to wear it this week. And every time you look down to be in prayer for that individual um, and that God will do a work in them. So it's a great reminder um, to be praying. All right, Mike Edson, where are you, Mike? Mike is our deacon of the week, so he's going to come, uh, dismiss us with a word of prayer. What's that? It's, there you go, Mike's coming. Mike is showing you it's really not that hard to walk up here, right? All right, if you'll stand, let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. focus on you to to lift up your name in songs and praise with our hearts with our voices we thank you for the for the ability to sing to you and to uh, give you praises through all types of music music doesn't matter as much as the content as we talk about if we give words of praise and glory to you, we're doing it right. And I appreciate that. Pray again for, for our youth and our younger people that are going to camp this week. Pray that, uh, that they will get up there in their places of worship, places of 
coming together and just fellowshipping, that your spirit will fill their hearts and minds with all your knowledge and and just give them a time to worship you in ways that they never knew were possible. We ask that you bless them in their trip going and coming and their time there. Watch over us all, Lord, as we depart. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.